three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Hey, Kit. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, yeah, just got back from a walk with my dog and my buddy. Awesome. How's your week been? Stressful at work, <laughs> <laughs> but it's over now. I came to think of it that way. It's like the best part of the week is when it's over. <laughs> yeah. And I just, until I get one day where I can have a job that I really enjoy, mm-hmm. it's going to have to be that way. And that mentality of the best part of the week is when it's over when i can get past that mentality yeah that's when i know i've gotten somewhere with my career that i that i'm proud of yeah i i can definitely uh empathize with that because i know i've had that feeling several times even where i'm working currently and then where i started out like way way back when but i just keep listening to to some talks i guess you could say where um is kind of goes counter to that or instead of trying to get to that position it's like making the the most or the best with what where you're at currently and it's it's a hard pill to swallow but it's it's slowly coming around the corner for me yeah and there's great parts of my job like recently i've been able to train someone one of my favorite things is to teach others nice so i've gotten to you know teach someone some stuff this week and uh, I've got a project where I'm going to give a presentation and I do enjoy attention and again, teaching. So the presentation will be great. I'm just nervous about it. It's, it's my first like really professional presentation at work where gotcha. my job is to, you know, get some stuff clear with other people and like teach them important things that would be helpful for us all to know together. So I'm trying to look at it in the bright way, but like, yeah. I just have a lot of work to do and it just piles up sometimes. They say, if you're not nervous, you're not ready or you don't care about it. That, that's what I've heard some people say. So good nerves are good. But Yeah, there's that. And there's also <laughs> like, yeah, that stress can drive you. It definitely drives me. What's that? The, the good stress, huh? You stress, not distress. I try to keep it that way. I get in distress sometimes. One question I always like to ask the guests is, who do you say you are? Okay. Who do I say I am? Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Who am I talking to? Asher. You're talking to Asher. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So I say I'm a person who tries very hard on a daily basis to do the right thing. Um, there are some things about me that are very integral to who I am that I think that um, my identity is controversial. You know, like I identify as... Um, he, him pronouns, but I was born in a son female at birth. Um, I am neurodivergent, which means I'm not neurotypical. Like my brain functions differently than other people's. Um, and, uh, I'm very, I have a very strong personality. Um, I am a creator at my best and, uh, I enjoy music. I enjoy making music, listening to music. Um, I enjoy close relationships with other people, getting to know them. Um, I like getting to know people's stories, even if it's like my Uber driver 
or, you know, a random person sitting and waiting for their Uber next to me at the grocery store who wants to share a cigarette, you know? Um, so yeah, I like to get to know people's stories. I like to share my story sometimes, although I have gotten more guarded about it over time. I realize not everyone can handle the truth. So you gotta, you know, feed people the truth in little bits and pieces sometimes. Um, my story, my backstory is pretty dark. Um, and I like comedy. I like to relate through laughter and jokes and like making light of the darkness because that's the only way I've been able to get through is to like push through with like, <laughs> oh, you want to talk about this real quick? Mm-hmm. And then you just like follow it up with like your own laughter, you know, like this is what happened to me. It's okay. I'm here and queer. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's who I would say I am. And I, oh, I love my dog. Very loving and pathetic person. I like it. So uh, I know you, you mentioned um, being a lover of music, being a creative and just having that as part of your background. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, um, I used to, I always liked writing as a kid. Um, I always enjoyed, excuse me, always enjoyed singing. Um, even though I was discouraged from making noise as a child. So, uh, it took me a while to be like, I'm going to sing, you know, in public. And, um, I started with singing and then I kind of got into rap. Like I've always, I've written rap and stuff, but I never had an outlet to actually express myself and be, um, open with it and go back and forth with another person and learn from each other's techniques and ideas um so i got into that a little bit and then moved to a city that is predominantly not you ever heard of the daily show yeah yeah do you ever watch it i haven't watched it in years i think i maybe saw clips of it with the recent host but i watched it more so in college or just out of college um, when john stewart was on it yeah, Trevor Noah is quite a different character. He's much more laid back and tongue in cheek. John Stewart would scream at the camera, you know. Um, Trevor Noah doesn't do that so much. But um, they have this piece on Boston and you just, you know, hip hop culture doesn't permeate it like it does in Atlanta. And um, so I kind of haven't been able to utilize that muscle, but I have been able to, you know, I did some comedy here before the pandemic. Um, but then I'm kind of like on hold with comedy. Um, so I'm taking vocal lessons instead, uh, to keep my shit going. And, um, yeah, that's what I'm doing now is I'm focusing on my singing. Awesome. Once I get my technique down, I'm going to start writing music and getting into all that. What, what type of music do you, are you writing? For my writing, I usually, I write with my emotions, you know, Um, so it turns into mostly like soul or blues or maybe rock. Mm. Those would be the the genres that I would say that my music would fall into. What's your your writing um, process like? Do you listen to music before you write or do you just like sit in silence and just let whatever comes to mind? flow out on the paper i can't write while i'm listening to music because i can't do the input and output at the same time um maybe if i was listening to a beat you know but not like 
I can't listen to someone else's music and be like, okay, now I'm going to write over this. Um, I have gotten, sometimes I'll get ideas for like rhythms for like, I was listening to Lil Nas X and I was like, I can see going with the way his cadence and the way that he put it together. And I was like, you know, I can see myself writing lyrics and using a similar cadence in a part of a song that I would, I would do, you know? So it, I definitely get inspiration everywhere from everywhere. Um, like how to enunciate or what, how deep to go, how high to go and like how to make a run that grips you and like really listens, makes you listen. So I think my writing process has a lot to do with melody and then my lyrics. I like that. It's hard to say which one comes first, you know, chicken or egg. <laughs> I guess what, what's something that drew you to music? And I know you mentioned rap before, or what, at what point did you feel like you could express yourself more freely versus when you were told like, Hey, don't, don't make any noise. Like children, I guess, what do they say? Children are meant to be seen, not heard that type of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I got into singing when I was little, um, you know, they had it where all the children sang together and then mm. it was like third grade. It's like, you can go after school if you want, you know, um, I had like a traumatic experience where like my mom forgot to pick me up one day and I was like, Oh shit. You know, this is like, excuse me for saying the S word, no, you're but good. this is like, I have inspiration to draw from, from my childhood that I have to keep in mind as an opportunity, not as something to hold me back mm. because I could write about stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, and I could put it into music, but until you have that connection with it, where you can put that distance between you and the, and the stuff that happens, you know, but anyway, I had a boyfriend when I was like 20 and I finally got, cause I had, I got a car when I was 19 and I finally had a space where I could sing by myself or I could rap along with something by myself. Um, and I got more comfortable and then, um, I finally sang for my boyfriend at the time and he was like, he just kissed me. He was like, it's amazing. I didn't know you could do that. You know, he told me that you like to sing, but you didn't tell me you were good at it like that. And um, that really inspired me, you know, when, when someone that you care about really gets behind you mm. um, and appreciates you and your talent. And then, so I started doing karaoke, you know, I turned 21, I could go out and drink and even feel more comfortable with myself you know, and feel myself and be like, oh, I'm going to go out here and perform now. It's going to be killer no matter what. Um, I quit drinking. So that like has been, had an interesting effect on my performance skills and um, my confidence, like that liquid confidence, you got to replace it with real confidence when you quit drinking. Yeah. So I'm like, that's a work in progress. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with that. I like it. it it's uh, it sounds like it, it's been a journey uh, so far and just kind of taking things in, in ebbs and flows as as you have a chance to see like what comes like at one point you're singing as a kid, then you progress to being able to sing for someone else that appreciates it. And then you step out even further and do performances and things of that sort. And even to the next level where you like, well, I'm going to take away the liquid courage and work without it. I think I, I commend you on that and just being up to the challenge of what, what comes next. 
Yeah, it has. I mean, it's definitely, well, thank you, but it's definitely set me back a couple steps. Um, like I was going to open mics, like, um, where they, they call it an open jam, you know, where there's like all these old people with their guitars and their drums and somebody will bring a, a harmonica and they do all these old school songs from like the sixties and seventies. And I, I love that those decades. So I can do old school. I can do classic rock, you know, songs that people are like, how do you know this song? And I'm just like, my mom's in her sixties. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just have an old soul or whatever. So, um, there was, it's good. I have good memories, but then like when you stop drinking, the dynamic changes because I get harassed in public, like any other female, Mm -hmm. you know, and I used to be able to just like throw it back in their face and be like, don't effing touch me. I swear to God. And like get in their face and get belligerent and stand up for myself. But now it just, the idea of getting harassed makes me want to stay in my house. It's frustrating because like, I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want my anger to get out. I don't Mm -hmm. want to get it to get the better of me. I don't want to feel unsafe. Um, And I'm sick of feeling afraid of what's going to happen. So I'm working through all that, (laughs) that shadow work where you go like, okay, how do I get past all of the times where, especially as all these old men, (laughs) old people, they're the worst ones. (laughs) And it's the grossest possible people so you have to do that because all these dirty old men and they're the ones who are the old musicians who get together after decades and they're so good at what they do but they're dicks and so you have to find like the one or two people like i know this man named tom hill and he's this old man with this long white beard and long white hair and he does music and he has a place in florida and a place in georgia and he's this cool hippie guy i love him and he's so smart and seasoned and kind and respectful. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so you have to find those people like in the rough, like mm-hmm. there's this one guy here and this one guy. And then I know this guy named Asher and he's cool and he has a <laughs> podcast. So like, there's like these people, you have to select the best ones and keep them in your circle. You know, I don't really run in circles. I have like, comes like this from all around. Yeah, that makes sense. I, it's funny um, when you mention about like not being harassed and just knowing how to deal with confrontation and having a, a proper outlet to just be able to express yourself because it's like it hurts you when you have to bottle things up. And then it also hurts when you're not able to just kind of be carefree at, at times. And um not at a suggestion because I, I guess I haven't done it myself, but I've been listening to a person by the name of Jocko Willing. He's a former Navy, Navy SEAL and he, he, a lot of times they do their podcasts and they encourage people. They're always just like, did you like train jujitsu? And I was like, you know, I might, I might look into that because I did wrestling in high school and that taught me a lot and just being able to do something that's like hand-to-hand combat-like, it helps you at the time. I felt like it really helped build that confidence where it's, you know, you can carry your own against someone else and people start to sense that where it's like, you might wear it on your face, but sometimes within your body language, even like if you're standing up with your shoulders back, people know better. But like to your point, you still have to be careful who you let in and who you don't, because 
also the people that know that want to start something, they're pretty conniving about how they go about doing that. Yeah, they act like they have an opportunity for you. Like every single time, like in Atlanta, everyone's a producer, everyone's a rapper, everyone's this and that. Oh, I've got equipment. You know, I have a studio, which is usually their apartment. Right. It's like, <laughs> just call it a studio apartment. No, right. be clear with it. Um, but like, and I respect that if you have the equipment, like let's do something. But they're always the inevitable question that always turns me off to bit every time was, do you have a boyfriend? It's none of your business. What mm-hmm. does that have to do with this? And that's what really held me back the most in Atlanta was being sexualized and not being able to be a, uh, like, this is my art. This is me right. and what matters about me versus do I have a boyfriend? You should have just said, yeah, I'm taken. <laughs> <laughs> right. And well, I said, what makes you think I like boys? I've said stuff like that. You know, you get creative. Mm-hmm. And But a lot of times I'm, I'm the type of upfront person who I don't like lying. Mm. I like to be real and be like, why are you asking me? What business is it of yours? What does that have to do with my art? Mm-hmm. Like they would be like, oh, you rap and spit. And I would spit and I would be like, okay, I would make it up off the dome. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh God, that's awesome. Do you have a boyfriend? I'm like, it's like, what are we talking about? <laughs> okay. So I guess we're not going to work together. That's all that means. Like right. people don't understand, like, just because you can produce, first of all, doesn't mean you're good at it. Second of all, doesn't mean anyone wants you badly enough there are thousands of people with equipment in Atlanta. Like, and if I had, maybe if I'd stayed longer and gotten sober in Atlanta, I would have had the opportunity to further myself with that in that way. But I needed to get out. That's mm-hmm. why I moved. I needed right. to get out. I had some bad memories. I had some bad experiences. I needed to not reinvent myself, but start writing a new book, not just a new chapter, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I do move. I want to move back. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Tell me about what's Atlanta been like these days, because I haven't been there in a, in a while. Uh, what's up with Atlanta? Funny enough, I I haven't been to Atlanta too much. I, I stay up in North Georgia, so I'm like an hour, 15, hour and a half outside of Atlanta. So I'll visit casually, maybe like once a month, once a quarter. And it's hard to tell from the outside looking in, but I'd say Atlanta stays active. And depending on the circles you run around, you can always find you, you can always find what you're looking for. So it's like um, I'm not as familiar with the hip hop circles, so I can't speak to it from that standpoint. Although that that's how we met, like through the Soul Food Cipher and that part of it, I enjoyed being able to go somewhere watch people really be in their art, do what they do best. People kind of come together and be like, hey, let's let's share in this moment once a month. Like that part of it I enjoyed. And then also the people that speak on giving back to the community. That's something that kind of drew me to that group. But outside of that and outside of maybe going back and seeing friends from college, like I can't really say where where Atlanta's at. I, it looks like people are getting out, socializing, but yeah, I, I don't stick. I don't stick around too much when it gets dark. So Atlanta's Atlanta. That's to the best of my knowledge. Yeah, 
Good to know. Good to know. I mean, I've been there. I've been on MARTA. Just as many young people causing trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm just playing. Um, but this guy's like, you want to buy a candy bar? <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I bought a candy bar. And then he's like, can I have some money? Because I had like a 20 and I think he saw it. It's like, mm-hmm. why? <laughs> I said, what are you going to do with it? And they were like, they had like, you know, 40s in paper bags. And they were obviously under 21. I'm like, how old are you guys? I said, I'm not going to tell anybody. And he's, they're like, oh, we're 19. I'm like, yep, same old city. <laughs> kids being kids. Um, but yeah, yeah, I miss it. I miss the warmth. Boston isn't the same. It's, it's probably not the same. right around now, huh? It's like 65 degrees out. It's crazy. It hasn't gotten cold yet. So the leaves haven't even changed colors yet. All the locals are freaking out. Mm. <laughs> like, why is it so warm? Um, in Wyoming, where my mom lives, it's snowing already and stuff. But like here, it's just like, it feels like Georgia. Wow. Um, so the weather is nice for now, but it's going to get cold and nasty. And then you have to not fall down the steps <laughs> in the snow <laughs> with your dog. Yeah. Trying to control my 65, 70 pound dog in the ice. Ooh. So I guess you got to get some Tim's or something that's like slip resistant shoes. Yeah. I think I'm going to get some Tim's. I miss having a pair. They're good shoes and they go with everything. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, go, go ahead. I don't know. I'm just like, uh, I'm feeling hopeful, you know, for the future, even though a lot of people aren't, um, if we can overwhelm this technology bubble so that we can stop with our children getting depressed over social media, um, I think that we can overcome some of this stuff. And I think we have a lot of younger people who really want to change things. And once the old people get voted out, like Mitch McConnell, uh, old Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, <laughs> um, chinless McConnell, they call him. Ooh. No, I don't know. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I think that like things are going to get better somehow. They got to get better yeah, or else everything is just going to burn. I think, I think that's the good mentality to have that things are going to get better. And even like for yourself, moving out of Atlanta as good as it may be, but like being able to distance yourself, put yourself in a different environment and to, how would you say detox? I think that that goes a long way because you being able to do that and people being able to see you here through your progression and things like that, it, it kind of shines a little light to say, Hey, like, I can do this or I'm, I'm doing this. So it's not as, as dark as it might feel. And to your point, being able to unplug really helps. Like next weekend, I'm going to do a, a, a getaway. It's like this thing where they, they do a tiny house where you basically go um, outside of a big city and you're in the woods in like a, a tiny container where they've got a bed kitchen, um, bathroom, indoors, where you're basically glamorous camping indoors, but you have a chance to unplug, let's say, turn off your phone. So imagine not having your phone for like three days. You're in nature. If you go with somebody, if you go with your dog or yourself, you just get to be present and really process things and to some degree, it's almost like you're fasting in a way, like most people associate fasting with not eating food. So like in this case, you're fasting from the technologies, you're getting away from people and 
being able to do it in this manner, I, I'm looking forward to it. And also I'm just trying to apply that on a daily basis by saying, okay, for an hour, I'm not going to listen to anything or I'm not going to watch anything. I'm just going to drive in silence or sit in silence or maybe just go for a walk. And that those things have been helpful to me. So when, when you mentioned that, that that's where it kind of brought me. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. I mean, something's got to give, like I can't be a citation specialist forever. <laughs> I can't, um, I gotta go with my heart and my soul. And I, I really hope that I can overcome some barriers and get back where I can start going out performing again. But it looks like you're definitely in the, in the lab as some people would say right now, you just, you're putting in the work little by little, nobody knows, nobody sees it, but you know, the challenges you're, you're putting through and you're just being very diligent about it. So I I commend you on that and just, bearing it for the moment. Thank you. And you know, I commend you for having this podcast. I think that it's a very uplifting one. And I think that it's got a good purpose and you're doing good work, even, you know, regardless, um, you're putting good things out into the universe. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. The last question I I have for you, um, before I ask the question, would you um, please share with the people if you have an online platform or if you'd like them to get in contact with you offline? Yeah. Um, so I know it's, it's old and trite, but Facebook is my, my main squeeze when it comes to social media. Um, it's Kit, K-I-T, letter E, letter L, Ryan, R-I-O-N, Kit E-L Ryan, R-I-O-N. And that's, you can always hit me up on Facebook. If you, I mean, message me privately and be like, Hey, I heard you on Asher's podcast. I don't just let anyone into my social media. <laughs> so, um, it's kind of private. I have a lot of opinions that can be polarizing. So like, <laughs> you know, I try to like make sure that my people in my circle are in my circle. But yeah, if you ever want to hit me up, I'm very friendly. I love talking to new people and I would love to get to know your story. Awesome. And the last question I have for you is, are you still who you said you were? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for the time. And Oh, go ahead. My bad. Maybe a little bit better off after this podcast. Well, until next time, it was great having this conversation with you, Kit. Take care. Yeah, take care. Thanks. 